0: listening to Expanding Horizons, the podcast of the Unitarian Church of South Australia, a home of progressive spirituality and free religious thought and action since 1854. The views expressed in these podcasts are those of the speaker and are not intended to represent the position of the church itself or of the worldwide Unitarian Universalist movement. For more information visit unitariansa.org.au
1: think we might begin with the notices. We've got quite a few notices to get through today. As you can see, I'm not Chris. Chris has come down with COVID, sadly. My service that I was due to give at Shady Grove last Sunday was cancelled because of the, the hot weather policy, so uh, uh, they thought it expedient that I step in and cover for Chris today. So, notices... Sunday, the 18th of February, our next service uh, will be led by Chris. He's making good progress, so we expect him to be back. It's called Paul versus Jerusalem, with musical contributions by Robin Filmer. Coffee and Company, uh, Monday, the 4th of March, 11am to 2pm at the Meeting House. The Ruggers group has evolved into a new format still meeting on the first Monday of the month. We welcome members to, to join them for conversation and please feel free to bring your own craft to work on if you wish, plus your lunch. We've also got um, Margaret and Barry Rusinoff are lining up today to give us some interesting little tidbits from their concert they'll be giving uh, later at the Flinders Street Baptist Church Tuesday at 1pm, Tuesday at 1pm, Flinders Street Baptist. I hope you can all be there. It'll be very worthwhile uh, listening to. So Barry Rusinoff on the violin, accompanied by Margaret Lambert. The pieces are two later Mozart sonatas for violin and piano, Kaushal 269 and 301. And we'll be hearing some excerpts from those two sonatas today. Interfaith Matters Forum, a community event of interest, on Sunday the 25th of February from 4 until 7 at Colebrook Reconciliation Park, a Shepherd's Hill Road, Carinya Reserve, Eden Hills. The host and speaker will be Alan Edwards Sr., a Garner, a Kocotcha Elder, bring your own food and outdoor seating rug, mozzie repellent, etc and please reply to Denise Martin. Um, I've got the details here. Uh, Supporting that, I'll ask John Hall to make an announcement about the community
0: gathering and free barbecue, closing the gap. Yes, next Friday at 12 to 2pm, down at the Ta'i'un, Aboriginal College in Port Adelaide, they're holding a community gathering and a free barbecue. It's with the purpose of people coming there and having their say about closing the gap come here about the closing the gap project in the western suburbs on improving community service for indigenous people for access to data and information and have your say so there are flyers that I'll put out in the foyer for anybody who's interested in that and if you have time it's only from 12 to 2 p.m so it's not a long period of time to spend down there
1: thank you john also bush care on wednesday the 14th february weather permitting And the new church directory is available in the foyer, in the basket on the bench near the door. So don't forget to take one. The office hours will be open Monday and Friday, 9am to 2pm, and Wednesday from 1 until 3, or earlier by appointment. You can contact Mary by phone or email for Unitarian Church History Buffs. The State Library has published an online article about the business archives of the Simpson family from silk hats to white goods. Again, a note about the the house and dogs that are needed by a church member. If you're interested, contact the office for details if you're free to do that. Minister's availability. Chris's regular working hours are Tuesday from 9 until 1, Wednesday 1 till 5... Thursdays and Fridays, 9 till 5, and Sunday mornings. Community event of interest Afghans in art exhibition opening Saturday, the 16th of March, and uh, that's part of the Adelaide Fringe. Norwood bookings for the week starting Monday, the 5th of February, the Osmond Social Art Group meeting in the Mance, Tuesday maintenance from 1 until 2 in the Meeting House. School of Practical Philosophy in the Manson Meeting House from 6.30 until 9.30. Wednesday, the School of Practical Philosophy in Manson the Meeting House at 6.30 until 9.00. Terrace Singers in the Meeting House, 4.00 until 5.30. Tiny Tempos, 9.30 until 10.30. That's on Friday. Saturday, Tiny Tempos in the Meeting House from 10.00 until 11.45. Sunday service, of course, at the normal time, 10.30 until 12.30. Are there any other notices that we need to be aware of? A chance to reflect quietly on our seven principles. The seven Unitarian Universalist principles are widely accepted by many thinking people. Expressed as principles, or I like to call them modern wisdoms, my only comment would be that they lack the historical flesh of stories told by wise people down through the ages, Uh, learning from events, usually disasters, that gave birth to these wisdoms over many millennia. They will include Aboriginal First Nations storylines that tell us so much today about wise environmental management. Our church has attempted to fill these storyline gaps with words of the Spirit, which form the basis of our Wednesday evening meditations at 5.30pm. But let Chris know if you're planning to come, especially as our next meditation session may have to be cancelled if he doesn't make the progress that we think he will. We need to claim these stories, these wisdoms, as our own. And today, we're fortunate to have uh, violinist Barry Rusinoff joining with Margaret on the piano. These are excerpts from Koshal 269 and 301. Chalice this morning. Let this flame be a symbol of the warmth and light of our Unitarian community and a symbol of the convergence of our paths in shared fellowship. Let this flame also be a beacon to guide us along our individual journeys in the coming weeks and to light our pathways towards new insights, new possibilities renewal and growth. My name is John Eaton. I think you all know that. Is there anyone visiting us for the first time? I don't think so. I welcome you here on behalf of Unitarians who've worshipped in Adelaide and at Shady Grove for 170 years. Just imagine that. And as our sign says, all are welcome here. The land we meet on today is the traditional land of the Garna people, We respect their elders, past, present and emerging, and the spiritual relationship they have with country. For this church is likewise a spiritual community, one that supports us in seeking and following our own spiritual path, one that encourages us to see more clearly, to love more abundantly and to work towards a better world for all. And please join us after the service for tea, coffee and a chat and fellowship. We're a small self-funding church. If you haven't already done so, any offering will be gratefully received. There's a grey ball, I think, still in the foyer. And there is a pay point. You can swipe your card at $10 a swipe. It's our tradition in our church to invite those present to share briefly with us any significant events In their spiritual lives, joys, sorrows, insights, milestones, please keep it as brief as possible, silent candles are welcome, listen with an open heart and mind, and you may light a candle in silence, or choose not to light a candle at all, for a burden shared may be lightened, and a joy shared may be magnified. I'll light the first candle. So, we have a hymn, and this is one that the oldies will recognise. So simple is the human heart. Despite all the complexities of the world, this gets to the basics. The words will be on the screen. You don't need your book, but it is hymn number nine if you would like to get some help from the music. Margaret will play it through once on the piano, just to familiarise ourselves with the tune. The words are on the screen. Thank you, Margaret. And if you're able. is by Tommy, so I'll hand over to him. One harvest day, Jeshua called us and his other
0: friends to the hills. The earth was fragrant, and like the daughter of a king at her wedding feast, she wore all her jewels,
1: and the sky was her bridegroom. When we reached the heights, Jeshua stood
0: in the grove of the laurels. And he said, Rest here, quiet your mind, and tune your heart, for I have
2: much to tell you. Then we reclined on the grass, and the summer flowers were all about us. And Jeshua sat in our midst, and Jeshua said, Blessed are those who...
1: And that's what we'll be talking about today, hence the somewhat peremptory end. Join with me in a short meditation prayer, if you like, on wisdoms from the desert. Close your eyes, if you wish. O Spirit of life, the God of all nature, of which we are a part, we give thanks for the soils of gardens and farms that sustain us, and for all those microorganisms in our soils that sustain the things that grow there that keep our soils fertile, rich in biodiversity. Give us the wisdom to garden and farm productively and sustainably. We're thankful when it rains to fill our rivers and streams, to fill our tanks, dams, reservoirs, for sufficient water to carry goodness into the food we eat. We're thankful for all the things we don't see in the soil, the rhizosphere, in the root zone, the wood-wide web, as it's called, of fungi, including all the mycorrhizae that keep our native forest and woodlands healthy and happy, and talking to each other and helping each other out. And all the other little hidden things that we don't think we need but nature needs to keep our ecosystems healthy. And when disasters like fire and flood strike, the wisdom to understand the reasons why, to learn from them and to act. We give thanks for sun and photosynthesis to produce the carbon that plants need to grow and the oxygen for all life to thrive. We give thanks for healthy forests, woodlands, grasses and trees, habitat for our native birds, insect pollinators, native animals and for the biodiversity needed to sustain all life on earth. May we have the wisdom to place a value on the world's remaining natural habitat that our science tells us now must exceed in value any exploitation value that it might have, that human greed might place on it, above diamonds, above gold. We give thanks for love in all its forms and for the joy of giving and receiving it. May we have the strength to answer hatred with love. For Jeshua said, Love your enemies, Do good to those who may hate you or wish you harm. For the joy of love is only fully understood by witnessing how it differs from hate. For it is by hate that we are diminished. It is by love that we and our world are saved. Amen. And we come to a... A story today that Jenny is going to read us. It's a story about love and separation.
2: This is a story about Franz Kafka, eighteen eighty-three to nineteen twenty-four, a Czech, German-born playwright, author, and poet from an austere Jewish family. He never married and had no children. At age 40, that's the year before he died of tuberculosis, Franz was walking through a park in Berlin when he met a little girl who was crying because she'd lost her doll, her favourite doll. She and Kafka searched for the doll unsuccessfully. Kafka told her to meet him there the next day and they would come back to look for her doll. Well, the next day, when they had not yet found the doll, Kafka gave the girl a letter written by the doll, saying, Please don't cry. I took a trip to see the world, and I will write to you about my adventures. Thus began a story that continued until the end of Kafka's life a year later. During their meetings, Kafka read the letters of the doll, carefully written with adventures and conversations that the little girl found adorable. Finally, Kafka brought the doll back well, he bought one, obviously, that had returned to Berlin. It doesn't look like my doll, said the girl. Kafka handed her another letter in which the doll had written, My travels have changed me. <laughs> the little girl hugged the new doll and brought the doll with her to her happy home. A year later, and Kafka had died of TB, many years later, The now adult girl found a letter inside the doll and in the tiny letter signed by Kafka it was written, everything you love will probably be lost, but in the end love will return in another way. Embrace the change, it's inevitable for growth. Together we can shift pain into wonder and love, but it is up to us to consciously and intentionally create that connection.
1: Thank you, Jenny. The focus of my address this morning is Wisdoms from the Desert. It's part of that most famous of all lessons that once echoed down from a desert mount two millennia or so years ago, the Sermon on the Mount, narrated in the Bible, Matthew chapters 5 to 7. Uh, Today we've only time to focus on that part of the sermon we know as the Beatitudes. There is some irony in my choice of this topic. Let's remember that this peaceful scene 2,000 years ago is now echoing with the sounds of warfare, waging almost within earshot. Today let's explore beyond the superficialities of the King James Version. The authorized version of the Bible or the revised standard version with which my generation was more familiar. But firstly, an important acknowledgement. My chief source is not the American Lebanese Christian poet Khalil Gibran. He thought the rather sober account in Matthew chapter 5 needed dressing up a bit with a little more imagery, and as a poet, he was able to do that beautifully. My source uh, for this commentary on the Beatitudes is the Scottish theologian, the late Reverend Professor William Barclay, Professor of Divinity and Biblical Criticism at Glasgow University for many years. Professor William Barclay studied Aramaic in Germany before World War II, ancient Aramaic, as spoken by Jesus. To give us the most accurate translation, of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We Unitarians share something in common with William Barclay, who was a very liberal Presbyterian universalist who believed in universal salvation for all. For we are more than capable of creating our heavens and our hills here in this life. You may have heard Professor Barclay's 15-minute talks on the Beatitudes many years ago. We used to have a complete set of videotapes in the office, but uh, it's been tossed out with the old technology. The account attributed to St Matthew chapters 5 to 7, seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set down, that is, seated, seating was the mark of somebody in authority. This is what Jeshua did. He sat down before he spoke to them. It's a signal that what he was about to say was not to be missed. was important. Today, we speak of a professorial chair at a university, or the pope speaking ex cathedra, or from the chair, when giving an official edict of the Catholic Church. The most likely mount has since been named the Mount of the Beatitudes. This is reputed to mark somewhere near the spot they've covered it in churches, the Church of the Beatitudes. Each beatitude is preceded by the word blessed, blessed are. What does it mean in the language that Jesus spoke? Aramaic. People such as the Mandeans still speak Neo-Aramaic or modern versions of it in the region to the north of the Sea of Galilee and Sinai Peninsula. The Aramaic word for blessed is Tawayan, meaning blissful, enriched, content. These words describe a serene and certain joy which nothing on earth can take away. The closest we can come to the Aramaic in English is, oh the bliss of enriched. Well, that's economical. I'll run with enriched today. It's not pie in the sky. It's a joy or a benefit to be had in our daily lives now. So what are these Beatitudes? The first is, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does poor in spirit really mean? Well, the kingdom of heaven is ours only when we learn true humility by confronting our own ignorance, error, spiritual poverty, by not big-noting ourselves, trying to impress others. This only shows our frailty as we try to paper over our inadequacies and shortcomings by ridding ourselves of all pretension. It becomes in English... After consulting the Aramaic, enriched are those who rid themselves of all pretension. It's this that shows our true strength. The second beatitude. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. In Aramaic, we mourn because we have lost a loved one. In our mourning, we will be comforted in our loss by remembering why we still love. Note the present tense. It gives the one we have lost presence, a love that will endure beyond their death and beyond ours into eternity. This hasn't changed all that much from the Aramaic, but we could add a rider. Enriched are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted when they remember why they now mourn and also remember the fun times and there might be a chuckle or two. The third beatitude Blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. Now the use of the English word meek is quite misleading. In the Aramaic that Jeshua spoke a closer meaning would be quiet strength, self-control in the face of provocation. In Aramaic, oh, the bliss that comes from not succumbing to anger, by resisting provocation, by not retaliating, by responding with patience, forbearance, and self-control. This shows our true strength. And later in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus Or Jeshua takes this challenge a few steps further. Love your enemies, he says. Bless those who curse you and do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who persecute you. Answer hate with love, persecution with tolerance and forbearance. So after consulting the Aramaic, it becomes enriched to those who show quiet strength and self-control. When provoked to anger. The fourth beatitude Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. In our Aramaic, O the bliss, the enrichment that comes from being steadfast in our struggle for righteousness and justice for the downtrodden and disadvantaged. Hunger and thirst will lead to action. In doing something about inequity and injustice in the world, we will have achieved a better world for all. It's inequity and injustice that drives most human conflict. Look at events in the Middle East. So after consulting the Aramaic, it becomes enriched to those who are steadfast in their struggle for righteousness and justice, for the downtrodden and disadvantaged. Our fifth beatitude. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. The word mercy in Aramaic is chesed. It means something like our Unitarian notion of loving kindness. Oh, the bliss that comes. The enrichment that comes from showing loving kindness to others. For we also will receive it. But it comes with a rider, doesn't it? If we're apathetic unfeeling, unsympathetic to others' misfortunes. We should not be surprised when our misfortunes are also met with apathy. So the fifth beatitude, enrich to those who show loving kindness for others, for when misfortune strikes them, they shall also receive it from others. It's a precursor to Paul writing in Galatians, by the seed ye sow so shall ye reap. The sixth beatitude. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Which means the enrichment that comes from striving to be pure in heart and soul, to be true to our best selves. In the first instance, to be sincere, fair dinkum, not to be duplicitous or disingenuous, only then will be spiritually awakened to the divinity, the living presence of God. So in Aramaic it becomes, enriched are those who are sincere, not duplicitous or disingenuous, for they shall be awakened to the living presence of God. The seventh beatitude, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. This doesn't change much in the translation. It means, oh, the enrichment of those who strive for peace and harmony. They will have become the sons and daughters of God. I'd like to comment on this because of the inherent irony of the war currently raging in the Middle East, the Holy Land of Jesus, the Jewish carpenter of Nazareth, whose wisdoms once echoed down from this mount. Israel-Palestine has now become the unholy Holy Land for Jews, Muslims, Christians, Armenians and and the Druze. My lamentation is that David has become Goliath. Peace will need a radical change in governance from both sides. They talk about a two-state solution. I think our example here in South Australia of getting rid of religion from our constitution altogether is a good idea, separating religion from the state. This will take generational change. Their best hope is the children, young, new leadership. But even now, the children are bloodied. War solves nothing. It just reverberates like the cannon fire down through the generations, unresolved, a hell for all. But the miracle is that there are peacemakers out there hoping, praying, waiting for opportunities to act for peace. They're young. So the seventh beatitude becomes enriched are those who strive for peace and harmony for they will have become the sons and daughters of God. And finally we have the eighth beatitude. This doesn't really change all that much either. The eighth beatitude may require sacrifice in pursuing the harmonising principle. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Which means that though we may be persecuted in our struggle for what is right and just, the kingdom of heaven will be ours now and in the hereafter. So it becomes, though we may be persecuted now in our struggle for right and just causes, for what is right and just, we will be enriched. If not in this life, then in the hereafter. And these are only some of the wisdoms from the desert. Let's close with a meditation or prayer. Close your eyes if you wish. Spirit of life. May we use these wisdoms of Jeshua, the wisdoms of the desert, to better understand, to enrich ourselves and others that we share this planet with spiritually and to work towards a sustainable world for all. May we tread ever more gently upon our still blue planet, Earth, that sustains us all. May we see an earthquake, wind, Fire, flood, in every adversity, not punishment, but lessons to be learned. And when there is a need for change, give us the patience to take the first step in bringing it about, to understand the fears that drive ignorance, denial and inertia. May we draw on these wisdoms of the desert to become part of that force for all that is good and harmonious in the world. A force that will prevail mightily over evil. A force that is the living presence of God at work in the world. That blessed peace.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this Expanding Horizons podcast. These podcasts are the intellectual property of the presenter. They can be used only with the express permission and appropriate acknowledgement of the presenter. This permission can be obtained by emailing admin at unitariansa.org.au. Please feel free to leave a comment or visit us on Facebook or Twitter by searching SA Unitarians or by visiting our website at unitariansa.org.au